Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Deep Dive Books. Today, we will be discussing Peter Zopfe's essay, The Last Messiah. Known for his philosophical and fatalistic pessimism, Peter Zopfe was a Norwegian philosopher. To the essay, The Last Messiah. Zopfe begins the essay describing the state of man. Man, to Zopfe, is a break in the unity of life, an excess of the most catastrophic kind. Man's genius is a sterling crown of nature, but it is also a fatal absurdity. It ensures that man remains forever foreign to nature. The blind laws of nature hold him together, but his intelligence allows him to scrutinize the laws of matter with the observational detachment of a stranger. This intelligence of the stranger comes at a price for man, for our species now pines for some sort of reunion with nature, that great communion of mystery from which we have been exiled. We have lost our access to nature. She has created us and now denies us. She cannot recognize us because we either contain too little or too much of her. There is an acute sense of betrayal in us. We are bewildered by our exile, by having been born in nature, but bearing no trace of its sovereignty over us. This betrayal and bewilderment creates a sort of angst according to Zapfa. Our species feels angst for existence and being itself. Unlike the other members of nature's society, whose angst is limited to the pull and push of their biological impulses. According to Zapfa, when we become aware of mortality, the curtain covering the future is torn open. The inevitable nature of our own extinction destroys any lasting sense of significance we may have created to keep our personal identity intact. It is through empathy that we become all too aware of our impermanence and the impermanence of others around us. We become all too aware of the end of everything that has come before us and will come after us. There is an injustice that is aroused in us at this, at the fact that we extend only up to the edge of our bodies. Our fingers, our limbs, take up a space that is waiting to be filled by annihilation. The animal that is now in our stomach, only yesterday, was alive. Now it is broken down. Now it is part of us, neutrifying us, giving us life. Where and how do the sequences of life and death intersect? Where do things end and where do they start? Life and death blend into each other in unfathomable sequences. Zabve states that certain moments during our lives, we start seeing the occult hand of entropy everywhere. The dim music of nothingness starts to play in the background of human motion. Nothingness is the pitch black canvas behind the smile of a beloved. It is the gurgling tempest of oblivion creeping over the horizon of the living. It is at such moments 
that man realizes that all things lead back to himself. The world state sattva becomes a ghostly echo of man. The anguish of annihilation projected out into the world of nature by man is reprojected back to him as the certainty of annihilation by nature. This instigates the question of suicide within him, but there is no release even in suicide, for what horrors lie behind death's doors? Knowing our luck, there may lie other more inconceivable cruelties on the other side of life. No, it is not in us to end it ourselves for Zatve. We must remain the universe's helpless prisoners. This is where we will be condemned to nameless possibilities. Life nor death is the preferred option for us. This is the insanity birthed by a consciousness that is a little too well developed. We, like Hamlet, are too enormous for the relentless action of things in our world. Our consciousness, like his, is too, too augmented, too amplified, to integrate without resistance into the structure and necessity of nature. The question of being is a little too well alive in us. It is one that exceeds the anxiety of living and the terror of dying. We are stranded somewhere between an affirmation to life and an ascent to death. The question of being is one that induces a sort of cosmic panic state zapfe. What is cosmic panic? It can be understood through its effects. It is the terror felt when the overwhelming weight of being cripples any effort to preserve and continue life. Our species constantly pushes back against the pressure and weight of this panic. However, the human attention and energy that it drains us of ensures that even the most capable of us will be brutalized by it. When we hold the question of being at the center of our construction of a self, we are utterly unfit for living. The overdevelopment of our species capacity for intelligence and self-awareness renders us unsuited for life. This is like how certain kinds of deer were driven to extinction because their antlers grew too large. Zapfe states that the human mind, when depressed and anxious, like antlers, crushes its bearer slowly to the ground. How have we gotten this far? The terror of self-awareness should have annihilated us a long time ago. How are we able to live with cosmic panic? It is because we deliberately subject our consciousness to some sort of reduction or subtraction. In other words, we do not dive into the depths of our consciousness. We choose to stay on the surface where the terrifying questions of being, annihilation, and meaninglessness do not present themselves to us. Zapfe states, had the great antlered elk from time to time managed to break off the outermost prongs of its magnificent headgear, it might have trod the earth a bit longer.
In doing this, though, the deer or the elk would have lost something. They would have secured their existence, but they would have done so at the cost of their essence. They would have lost their meaning, their existential pride. Such an existence is not really an existence to Frappe. For us to stay on the surface of things and avoid the question of being is to live in a way without hope. We can take some inspiration in that the giant elk carried the standard of their species to the bitter end. It was faithful to its own essence. Rejecting essence has become the basis for our species' survival. We do this because we want to survive and reject the dangerous excess of consciousness that raises unsettling concerns about our annihilation and meaninglessness. The rejection of our essence has become the condition for our normalcy, our adjustment. It is the basis for healthy social integration, for being able to sit in a room with other human beings and talk about the weather, politics, or the stock exchange. In psychiatry, Health and adjustment are the ultimate goals. Depression, angst, refusing to eat, etc. are taken without exception to be signs of a pathological condition and are treated accordingly. Often, these phenomena are merely indications of deep, more immediate experiences of life, bitter fruits of the genius of mind or emotion. The problem is not with the soul itself, but rather with its defense mechanisms, which either fail or are rejected because they are rightly seen as a betrayal of our most valuable gift. What is the gift? It is the gift of consciousness and the unintended gift of terror. Terror is an important experience. We must be able to experience it right down into the very foundation of who we are. We must allow it to move through us relentlessly and ceaselessly. Where there is consciousness, there must be terror. We are not allowed to have one without the other.